Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you can always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podco.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. Thanks very much guys and let's get into the episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Understeer podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Liam from Liam Talks F1. Liam, how are you today, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's great to be here. Let's begin. <laughs> awesome. So firstly, uh, Liam, before we begin proceedings, mate, um, for anyone who maybe doesn't know, uh, what's your channel sort of about? What do you do over there? Well, um, I talk about F1, mainly <laughs> old F1, because I'm a, I love, you know, old F1 cars. Um, and I do all kinds of videos, I guess. I don't report on races mainly because um, I feel like that means you need to upload too regularly. I mean, I upload regularly, but uh, um, <laughs> I'm getting nervous about this. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> I love making videos. It's my favorite thing to do um, because it distracts me from you know what's going on in my own life. But uh, uh, I love you know everything about it, ed- the editing. Um, the, f- the filming, the sometimes I'm re- I read from a script. I usually go on improv. Um, I'm a script man. <laughs> I always have a script. <laughs> I mean that's understandable, really. Uh, sometimes I have a script, and um, yeah, I, I, I it's, there's just something about making YouTube videos that feels so rewarding, and um, you know I've got great friends to back me up. So um, yeah. That's brilliant. That, that's brilliant that you get um, such enjoyment out of making uh, the videos. I I like to back up what Liam says that you get a really good mixture of stuff over on his channel. You have his own podcast where he talks about F one. You even have him like uh, with his friend doing like some videos of Monaco uh, on the new F one twenty twenty games. You get everything on Liam talks F one. So definitely one to go and subscribe to. His links uh, for his channel will be in the description. So after this, yeah. We'll, do go and subscribe. I'll check you out as well for my next video. Oh, <laughs> very kind. By the way, of I you. want to point out from now on, I'm going to be doing part editing. John's going to be uh, JWF. One's going to be doing some of my editing. I'll just leave your link in the description for the next video. <laughs> Thank you. So, I mean, I don't think I'll mention you in the video because um, I've already recorded it. But <laughs> <laughs> unless you can go like, back in time. But anyway, yeah. um, I thought I should um, probably ask. So I've got sort of started. Before we sort of get into the um, into what we'll be talking about today, which is we'll start with the Ferrari sort of saga, because this is my podcast and I'm a complete waffler, and I'm sure you are as well, we'll probably end up somewhere completely different um, towards the end. But I thought I've just kind of brought in a new thing, give like a couple of random questions about yourself. So first of all, um, what sort of sparked your interest in um, motorsport? Well... Um, my dad loved motorbikes. In fact, he um, actually like raced motorbikes when he was in his early twenties at Knock Hill, and um, he loved mo- he loves MotoGP. Um, 
and he actually went to a few races before I was born. Uh, I think 2006 British GP with my mum. Uh, this was just before uh, my mum came pregnant with me. I hate pointing out the fact that I'm only 12 and a half years old. So uh, <laughs> Very knowledgeable for such a... For such a young fan, you're very knowledgeable, so. Yeah, um, yeah, so I was born uh, when I was, I think, three or four, I started watching F1. Um, that This was during the BBC days, this was <laughs> when, like, Jake Humphreys and, Ed, and Eddie Jordan and David Coulthard and Martin Brundle and Jonathan Legard were reporting on it. Actually, not Jonathan Legard, I think it was uh, David Coulthard, and... Um, <laughs> I supported the Ferraris because I love their colours. I love the red. I didn't support McLaren. I didn't support Red Bull. I didn't support Vettel at all. Um, and yeah, <laughs> that, that was when Ferrari were okay. They weren't great, but, but Alonso carried them um, back then when they had crap cars and he won races that sh- he shouldn't have won. <laughs> like uh, the European Grand Prix of 2012. And I properly, like, full-on got into F1 last year. I made my channel around about summertime of last year, and I was just so looking forward to last season. And it was a bloody disaster for Ferrari. (laughs) It went uh, about as well as I like to say, a pig in a slaughterhouse. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll get on to that season and um, sort of what you would think they could have done better in the sort of the engine saga and all that kind of thing. Uh, a couple of more questions for you. Uh, when you're going out, uh, maybe not some more, uh, more, not so much motorsport these these two. But say you're going out to a restaurant. What's your what's your go-to choice? Um, I mean, I usually go with pizza. I love pizza. Um, there's whenever I go to Tenerife, there's the restaurants are amazing, and there's this restaurant where you can get like steak and chicken on pizza. It's amazing, <laughs> and I usually feast. order that. I actually never, I never have finished a pizza there because I always am full by the end. <laughs> and there's also this really nice Chinese takeaway re- uh, place as well. Even though I never eat Chinese, not takeaway, just a Chinese restaurant in general. Yeah. Even though I don't eat Chinese in the UK, when I'm in Tenerife, I do eat Chinese. <laughs> Nice one. I know, I got quite off track there, didn't I? And what would you say for the the, the other non-motorsport um, question before we bring it back onto motorsport? What is the song that's stuck in your head at the moment? Um, I don't know. I've got... Hang on. I'm, I'm going to check very quickly how many songs I have on my Spotify playlist because I have a lot of <laughs> songs on my... I've got like 31, 32 songs on my playlist. And there's like two hours and twelve minutes is how long the length of of it is, and I've got like a lot of F1 songs on it. I think the song I've got stuck in my head at the moment's probably um, oh, it's, it's so difficult. I'm probably gonna say um, Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. Um, what the the original Mr. Blue Sky by the Electric yes. Light Orchestra? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I'm 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 a sucker for all the uh, old music and all that. Nice one. And um, now moving it back onto you, sort of motorsport. Um, before everyone clicks off, who's listening for motorsport? Um, who would you say is your driver who you think is going to go onto F1 currently in F3 or F2? Well, um, I actually asked you this earlier. Which driver do you think is going to be the first driver born in the 2000s in F1? A similar question. Um, I think 
in terms of the driver market, I think potentially Kalamai Lotz, Robert Schwartzman, Yuki Tsunoda, maybe Christian Lungard, Mick Schumacher, all the top five in F2 at the moment are probably going to go up into F1 because um, you know some of the AlphaTauri lads aren't performing well at the moment. Kvyat's not performing well mm. at the moment. Potentially wanting to bring in Tsunoda. Then, uh, I'm probably going to get Liam Lawson. Alonso's only going to last a couple of years at Renault, so then Lungard will replace him. But Lungard, Lungard can't spend three years in F2, though. He's going to have to go somewhere else if he wants exactly. to go. He, he might end up like a Yuri Vips type. Uh, obviously, he was in F3, and sadly, uh, he went to Super Formula, didn't have any success, and he went to Formula Regional. If you don't know already, that's um, basically between Italian Formula 4 and and your and. You know, um, so I think three. Jamie Chadwick's in that sort of championship. Exactly, and uh, Charles Leclerc's brother Arthur. Arthur, yep. <clears throat> and also, um, Juan Pablo Montoya's son Sebastian. He's in the uh, Formula Four, I think. So yeah. Nice one. Uh, that was a bit irrelevant, <laughs> but um, yeah. I think, as I said, Schwartzman and I lot will probably go up into Alfa Romeo or Haas, probably Haas, um, because I think maybe. Maybe Magnussen should stay at Haas. He isn't that bad a driver. He's not great, but you know he's better than likes of Grosjean and Giovinazzi. And uh, I'm not going to say Stroll because he's a good driver now. I- I'm going to say that Lance Stroll has actually matured and he's <laughs> performing well in F1 now. So I think Schwartzman will probably go to Haas. No, Ilot will go to Haas. Um, I've been Ilot. I-, I I was rooting for Ilot this year. I I was like Ilot's going to win the title this year. Not Delatras. I mean, Delatraz, I don't think he has super license points for it. So, does he? I don't know if Louis Delatraz has super license points for it. He might, but I'm not sure if he does. Uh, I, I, let me. I don't think he does yet. I think it'll be the. the I think teams like Haas and Alpha uh, will wait until the end of the season. I think Delatraz is there. Is he? He's a test, or he's a he's something driver for them. Yeah, he's a test driver along with uh, Pietro Fittipaldi. Yeah, awesome. Um, <laughs> and then finally, my last little question, nice easy question. Um, hopefully, you there is a right answer to this question. Uh, it's an opinionated right answer, but still. Oh no. What? Which um, F one theme do you prefer, the chain or the current one? Definitely the chain. Okay, good. You've answered correctly. Both of them are in my playlist. Not the current one. I mean, come on. What is the current one? I don't mind it. You can sort of uh, dance along to it, I guess. Mm. It's not too bad. Mm. But we Some people like it, some people hate it. Like the Need for Speed Most Wanted game. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. And now I thought we'd... Um, First of all, move on to sort of Ferrari of last year. You mentioned that you are a Ferrari fan, and he is wearing his yeah. uh, Ferrari Don't top now. Don't roast me for it. <laughs> Don't kill him down in the comments below. Um, sort of personality-wise, uh, as in like driver management-wise, where do you think Ferrari went wrong last year, sort of uh, strategy, sort of, and that kind of thing was? I mean, I think we have to go back to, I think it was late May 2018, when uh, Sergio Marchione died. Um, that sort of began the downfall of the team, because I, th- I think since his death, they've only won about six, seven races, I think. 
two or three with Vettel, um, a couple with Leclerc and one with Raikkonen. And, um, you know, after that, the relations started to sour with Arriva Benny, who, in my opinion, was a great team principal. He was awful. Was he? His, his mean, strategy really... calls were comical. <laughs> yeah, but he, yeah, but keep in mind, the team principal usually doesn't make up strategies. The strategists do. Yeah, but... And... So... <laughs> I don't agree with you. Do, do you. do you not? I mean, the team principal, he does have some sort of effect on the team with the decisions. But, yeah, but he's he's it's a um one. he's he was he's been at Ferrari right. He joined in the twenty third of November twenty fourteen. What have Ferrari actually achieved since twenty fourteen? I mean, you you could say the same though since two thousand and nine, when I mean, I it's diff it's a difficult. One because Domenicali he wasn't great. Macchiacci was terrible. Yeah, that's because they, they were. They were. They were Macchiacci, but worse than than Domenicali. I mean, mm. Domenicali was all right, and then Benotto has been worse than two of them. He's been better than Macchiacci, but worse than Domenicali and Arriva Benny. And when Benotto was hired, they did win a couple of races, and I know he's been with the team for years, but. I don't think he's really the leadership type. He's more the technical aspect of, yeah. of the team. They should have got somebody from, you know, um, they should have got somebody from Fiat to, or like whatever's part of the Fiat group, a, a company that's part of the Fiat group, or a car company that's part of the Fiat group. They should have got one of the guys from there to lead the team because really, or one of the guys that ran Ferrari's GT program, because don't hire somebody that's more technical than um than you know leadership into a leadership role because it never really goes down well and the fact that he was you know both technical director and team principal for about a year did not help ferrari very much and mm. then you know the car it was being overhyped mercedes always as per usual doing their usual trick and under it and you know underplaying how good their car is downplaying how good their car is they rock up to the first Grand Prix, 1-2, and then Bahrain, Ferrari are the quickest team because of the engine. Vettel does what he usually does, and Leclerc has the usual issues, the engine issues. And next couple of rounds, Merck dominating, Verstappen's quicker than both of them. But then they rock up to tracks like Canada, Austria, and even Silverstone, and they're quick, but, you know, they're not as quick as... They're, they're as quick as the Merck, and as quick as, you know, Verstappen's Red Bull. And in Austria, Leclerc was the quickest driver. I mean, no, Verstappen was the quickest driver, but Leclerc was the quickest On driver one lap. Verstappen. And, yeah, and Leclerc got pulled because, you know, Leclerc's, he's brilliant over one lap. Um, and the car um, was brilliant. No one was able to match Ferrari um, over one lap because of um, the illegal engine. what they were doing with their engine. Basically, I think they lost about seventy brake horsepower they were, in the engine. They were gaining. To put it into context, they were gaining point seven of a second. So, seven tenths a second on the straights a lap alone on the Mercedes. Um, and that's why they were so quicker in Monza, Spa, and I think they were quicker in Silverstone, uh, and and Austria because there's so many straights at those tracks. It's a fast track. And the car was quick 
in a straight line, but they didn't have the downforce. Mm. All we or, know, yeah, all, all we know, all we know of the Ferrari uh, engine sort of saga uh, was that that the all we know because of the they the, the agreement between the fact that the Ferrari made an agreement between the FIA was ridiculous. Like, surely if they've done something wrong, then everyone else yep. should know what they've done wrong so that they don't do the same thing wrong and and they should have the embarrassment of doing something wrong because all we know is that the FIA just confirmed that they were investigating a component of the system that brings fuel to the power unit and I think speculation has that, to... They were using some kind of like oil or something. It was the, the fuel flow that they'd... speculation that they'd done something to the fuel flow or something like that. That was probably what it was, yeah. And after the engine got, um, how do I put it, uh, nerfed, I think that's the best way to put it, I'm not trying to sound like I play Fortnite, uh, <laughs> it, it got nerfed and that just made the car very slow and they came from being the second fastest team to being about fifth fastest. And obviously because of what happened with COVID, um, Vettel announced he was leaving, signed, and then obviously that started the knock-on effect of the transfer market, um, and driver market. Sorry, not transfer market. I'm I'm getting mugged up with football. The driver market, oh, and that meant that you know Alonso went to Renault and replaced Ricardo, who went to McLaren, and that made Ferrari just focus on Leclerc and not on Vettel, and I think doing that is a really wrong thing to do because. As Vettel showed in Hungary and Catalonia, he has still got the pains, and that just it shows that he is still an extremely talented driver, no matter how many spins he has. Because a driver could be very crash prone, but he could be talented. I'm not saying Grosjean's talented, by the way. I, I don't. I don't like Grosjean. <laughs> I do not like Roman Grosjean at all. How he's still an F1 amuses me, but yeah. And Leclerc, he has been doing well, I'll give him that. Two podiums in that car is fast, but they should give equal attention to both of them because sure, Seb isn't out-qualifying Charles, but over one lap, Leclerc is the complete opposite of Fernando Alonso, and he's just brilliant. He's, he's really quick because... And just because you're not good in qualifying doesn't mean you're not good in the race. Mm. Because um, there's a really fascinating fact. Bruce McLaren, the founder of McLaren, mm -hmm. he won four races in his Formula 1 career and he scored no pole positions at all. Meanwhile, Teo Fabi, who drove in the, in the 1980s, scored three pole positions but didn't get one podium, I'm pretty sure. Because you can be quick over one lap, but that doesn't mean you'll have good race pace. I mean, Maldonado showed that. Maldonado's a prime example. Of somebody who's great in qualifying but rubbish in the race, mm. and definitely maybe getting out qualified by Leclerc, but he's still quick and he's not as quick as Leclerc, but he's still quick enough to get the points because even if the track, uh, the, the car around tracks like you know Silverstone, Austria, and um, and Monza, obviously the car will be slow, and even Spa as well, the car will be really slow because it's not got great engine. Yeah. So. Heading into Spa and Monza, don't really expect Ferrari to be in Q3 because um, the car isn't quick around tracks like that, engine power, uh, engine main tracks. Mm. And 
also, I want to very quickly mention, emotions are going to be quite high at Spa, um, because uh, it's been a year since the accident. Um, hopefully, Korea recovers, but uh, I'm going off, uh, off the path here, um, and we should be talking about Ferrari. So, I can't help but wonder what they were putting in there. It, it, it does sound like a fuel, some sort of fuel, but it might not be. It could be anything for mm. all we know, because, you know, the media, some of the other things that come out of them are, um, how can I put it? Total bull crap. <laughs> I mean, people have been seeing Vettel Mercedes for many, many, for quite a few years. And it wouldn't happen. No, it would never happen. What's what do you think? Um, if you were Sebastian's agent, let's say, what would you be saying to um, to Vettel at the moment? Would you say retire? Would you say go to Racing Point? What What do you think is best for him? I mean, Racing Point are a team on the up. They're a bit like Jordan in a way. Obviously, one of their predecessors, as Eddie Jordan loves to brag about. Um, uh, they've been around for only a couple of years, but if we take on their old identity, Force India, they've been around for 12 seasons because pretty much the team hasn't changed. It's just the name and the leadership and and sort of that and sort of the ownership of the team. Other than that, not much else because the team's pretty much the exact same, if you think about it. Um, so they have had one pole uh, with Fisichella at Spa and like Jordan... In their later years, or the, not their later years, but you know, in the middle of their history, are having great success. So hopefully, unlike Jordan, they won't have a downturn, and they'll soon be fighting the likes of American Red Bull at the front, and maybe McLaren as well. Don't count out McLaren, um, and because because of the fact that Ferrari are so far behind, it's turning into the early nineties for them. <laughs> Meanwhile, McLaren are having the best form since 2012, yep. 2013-14 kind of time when they had America engines, which they're going back to next year. And then Red Bull, they've... I'm not saying they're a one-man team because Albon is doing pretty okay, but, you know, they're sort of focusing on Max and they're doing a bit of a Lotus in a way. Well, I think... I think with um Red Bull, they need to find what Mercedes have found with... Uh, Valtteri Bottas, who bear in mind, Bottas had uh, five years at um, five years at, at Williams before he progressed onto Mercedes. But and Alex Albon has had one year in Formula One, uh, and that's why I he... Believe he had four years at uh, uh, Williams, twenty thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and in that time he showed he was quicking up for Mercedes. You know, in twenty thirteen he. Um, put in probably one of the best performances in his career by qualifying third place for the Canadian Grand Prix. Obviously, that's his favourite track. And he ended up falling back in the race, but that didn't matter. He didn't score points, but as I said, that didn't matter. And then obviously, heading into the V6 Turbo Hybrid era, Williams were really quick. He got, I think, did he get a pole? Massa got a couple of poles, I think. And Bottas got podiums and finished fourth in the championship. 2015, the car was still quick. And he finished, what, fifth or sixth in the championship, I think. Um, somewhere around there. 2016, car was slow and, you know, he finished ninth or eighth in the championship. 2014. And then he, he... moved to Mercedes. Karen, sorry. 
he he moved to Mercedes and finished top five in the championship every single season he's been there, mm. which it, it's not too bad because I mean I could see he finished in the top four every year since he arrived because he finished third in twenty seventeen, fourth in twenty eighteen, and then second in twenty nineteen, and at the moment he's third in twenty twenty, and it shows that Bottas is a good number two driver because he, you know once once Hamilton and Bottas leave. I reckon Mercedes, well, once Bottas gets sacked or leaves, and then once Hamilton retires, obviously we're, you're going to have a uh, man who Alexander Albon loves to scream about, uh, George Russell, <laughs> um, and um, probably somebody like maybe Lando Norris, potentially, um, because, you know, they haven't got many junior drivers who are having much success at the moment, because um, they can't call upon Ocon, and they can't call upon Verline because, you know, they're you know, they're no longer part of the academy and they're not going to do what Red Bull did to Kvyat and give him a second chance because I'm convinced Merck won't do that because of the way they think, in my opinion. <laughs> you don't give second chances. And they're not going to get Rosberg out of retirement, are they? Well, that would never happen. Careers. He's too busy ending people's careers. So... <laughs> it's only Russell that will... Or Russell probably... Um, if Bottas, say, has a poor year next year... I think they'll be quite eager to get George in. Maybe if maybe, well, there's increased speculation. I don't think Lewis Hamilton won't go anywhere, but about Toto Wolff saying he's going to step back a bit probably won't happen. Um, but I think it's quite likely that George Russell will get a gig in as in the Mercedes driver, um, maybe replacing a retiring Hamilton. And and that that's who they've shown their faith in for the future as for especially if there's going to be completely new car, completely new everything. That is the best time that they could possibly have um, to bring in someone. Um, yeah, because obviously Mercedes have had their years of dominance, but I think it could potentially. And I'm not trying to think Mercedes. I'm not saying Mercedes aren't going to do well in a couple of years. I think it could potentially be like, you know, Jean Lacy to to Ferrari because, you know, Lacy, he was looked at as probably the biggest hit since Beloff and Senna, uh, you know, him and Schumacher and even McHakkinen. Um, they were being looked at as the biggest talents since, you know, Beloff, Senna and, and Prost yeah. and Mansell in that, in, the, in that kind of era. And he ended up going to Ferrari and the car every single year was slow as brick, and he only ended up winning one race in his entire career. And I'm not saying that's going to happen to Georgie Boy, but Mercedes, their dominance isn't going to last forever because, you know, the rules are going to change. Everything's changing one because obviously the the sport is sadly getting more political. Bring back the freaking V10s. I want the V10s back. The beautiful. <laughs> that's quite a good impression actually um, that's actually my sort of scream I'm not screaming but I'm going it's good um, I just think if the, sport, the sport's going to get more political which means Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes McLaren, Racing Point and potentially Renault are going to be fighting at the front and we haven't had many good seasons in F1 for the last about 10 years the last season we had that was remotely decent was 2012 and 10, when quite a few guys were fighting for the title. There was a lot of different race winners, and um, 
I, I can't really really say much more on the on the subject because I hope Russell does well at Mercedes, but it doesn't mean that they're going to have. I hope Russell has success at Mercedes, but it, it it's a strange one because sports can change. Hmm. It's, it's I think it'll be. I think a team that will have we will be in good place. Um, after the regulations could be racing point because they've been operating on um, such a shoestring budget. Um, as it like at, also... at one point they couldn't even fill the printers in the twenty eighteen season, and they got so many really good designers there that I think they'll be in very good place for twenty twenty two. And also because they copied the Mercedes cars. <laughs> You can see the front wing is the exact same and the brake ducts are the exact same. It doesn't matter if they get fined 400,000 euros. The guy who runs the team is already billionaire, one of the richest men in Canada, and altogether probably one of the richest men in the world. He owns two Ferrari dealerships, a Ferrari dealership in Quebec. He owns uh, the Montreblanc circuit, which used to host F1 races in Canada, and he owns a lot of Ferraris. He's a rich guy, and more importantly enough, Stroll, his entire family's rich. His mother is a jewellery maker, I'm pretty sure. So, well, I'm not joking. His mum's his mom's runs a business as well. So it just comes from money. And he's probably one of the richest drivers we've had on the... He's the, basically the Fike Balkia of F1. If you don't know who Fike Bolkia is, he used to play for Leicester uh, under twenty ones in football, and his father, his his family is the one of the richest people in middle in the Middle East because they're from they're they're the kings and queens of Brunei. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, um, I only learned that from watching FNG, by the way. Oh right, uh, is he the YouTube? Isn't he the YouTuber who lives with our other? Yeah, yeah. Nice one. But um, what do you think? Um, do you think that Carlos Sainz is the right decision? Um, he was. Do you think he's the right driver to bring in uh, for for next year? Bear in mind that we've seen it before that Carlos Sainz he might play the number two role uh, for like a year or so, but it's quite likely that he's gonna wanna. He's gonna be like Charles Leclerc. <laughs> And after all, I'll get a bit sick of um, uh, of playing number two and, and want to be number one himself. I'm, I'm not sure what you think. I think Ferrari have found a great option for a couple of years because I think he's going to be doing what Bottas is doing. Because if you think about it, it's pretty much a similar situation to Mercedes, um, barring obviously the team performance because, you know, He's going to be in for the next couple of years while the youngsters are coming through, and that's happening with Mercedes at the moment, with, you know, Georgie, Boy Russell. And it, it's sort of going to... He's going to be there for a couple of years, and then he's going to end wash, end up washed up at a team like probably Racing Point, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I think maybe in the future... If Seb does go to Racing Point and replaces Perez, mm. Perez will probably go off to Haas or a team like that. Probably not Haas because they haven't got much money, so they can't really pay his budget. Probably a team like uh, Alpha. Yeah, probably Alpha Romeo for years, and then that means he'll be replaced by Seb, who he's thirty-three, and then after a couple of years, Seb will retire. 
Sainz will probably end up washed up at um, racing point, and then a driver like you know maybe Robert Schwartzman, Callum Ilaw, or Mick Schumacher, one of those guys is going to go into that seat and is going to battle with Leclerc and probably be a good enough driver to fight with Leclerc. And it's such a difficult option between those three because, I mean, Schumacher's he has been really consistent this year. People have forgotten in Formula Two. Schumacher and and Schwartzman have had the most podiums. Yeah. So just because he hasn't had wins, it doesn't mean he isn't a reliable driver. Is mm. all I'm gonna say. Because I I sure don't he think he's the best option this. though. He's he's not showing enough form for me personally uh, to warrant a seat. Yeah, I know because of his surname that it's likely that he'll um he he's got a good chance of being an F one. That's not to say that he's got no talent, but I think that there are probably better options for. Alfa Romeo at the moment. I mean, yeah, I lot and Schwartzman are better options. Um, because he is fifth in the championship at the moment, and I lot's leading by about twenty points from from Schwartzman. And it sort of means that Schumacher might end up like I'm trying to think of a good example to use. Um, because Ferrari have uh, the the next video that's going to come out on my channel is going to be about the Ferrari Driver Academy. Because there's so many good talents in that in that academy. You've got you know um, Enzo Fittipaldi. You've got you know um, Schumacher, um, Schwartzman, Eilat, Armstrong. And f- at one point, I'm pretty sure in the Formula Two race at Austria, they the got, top five was this Ferrari Junior. Yeah, and then they got was, they got Giuliano Lacy, but I don't think he's gonna um, that he he's will. Not, he's he's um, not, not that good. good. Yeah, and. Um, he, He's also mm. also in the lower formulas. They've got um, Dino Biganovic. I might have said his name wrong, but he's he's also one to look out for. I think he's yeah. in Literally, Formula he's Four so, at the moment. Like he's younger than me. Prima videos. He sounds like this. I'm Dino Biganovic. Yeah. I I have a deeper voice than him, and I am like two years younger than him. Yeah, I, I don't know how old he is actually, but I think he's fourteen. All right, he's gonna be good. Um, Ar- and Arthur Leclerc, of course, as well. Charles's brother. Mm. Hopefully, I think if Arthur ends up like a Ralph Schumacher type, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying Ralph Schumacher is the shadow brother, but, you know, seven world titles for Michael Schumacher. I'm going to see on the matter. Is Arthur Leclerc, um, though, that highly... Is he... What, he's, he's born in 2000, so what's he now? Like 19 or 20 or something? He is pretty old, but, you know, keep in mind Latifi was very old when he entered mm. Formula 1. What's and it? I also want to point out, as the years have gone on, the driver age of all the drivers have gotten younger and younger and younger. In the 50s, we had guys that were born in, well, in, in in the eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds, um, and you know they were in their forties when they were, but there was a few drivers, more notably Sterling Moss, Jack Brabham, I think Jack Brabham anyway, and not Jack Brabham, Mike Hawthorne, uh, Peter Collins, and Sterling Moss, and even uh, and I'm trying to think of other drivers. A lot of some drivers in that year that were quite young, um. And you know, um, they were in F one because Moss was like twenty three when he made his debut in F one, and Collins he, I don't, I think Collins was twenty three when he made his debut as well, and then Hawthorne 
was about 23 as well. They were all around 23 year old when they made their debuts. And then, as I was saying, the age of, you know, the drivers got younger and younger. Mm. By the 80s, the drivers who were entering F1, they were they were in their 20s when they entered. You know, Senna was 23 or 4 when he made his debut. Prost was 25. Mansell was 26, I think. Um, and obviously, it's got even younger, because obviously now we've had to have the likes of Max Verstappen, Jaime Algosuari, Lando Norris, Danny Kvyat. Yeah. They were all in eighteen, twenty, twenty-one year old when they end when they began, you know, in F one and even Vettel as well. He was young. Um, I think he was twenty or nineteen when he entered in F one with Sauber at USA. Yeah, and I think going back to Arthur Leclerc um quickly though, he hasn't he hasn't been that impressive, I don't think, but yeah. obviously he's in Prema now, so he's gonna be doing well in regional formula, but in French F four he got he started twenty one times only getting two wins. Uh ADAC Formula Four he got twenty starts and only one win. And then he's um in Formula Regional he's he's got what, three starts and one win, which is good, but he is in a premise, so it's hard not to. Exactly. And out of all of his teammates, out of the three teammates he has, he's third out of all of them. Oh, I forgot to mention Petikov. He's part of the academy as well, and he's leading the championship. Gianluca Petikov. Yeah, he's good. Petikov's sort of been forgotten a little bit, hasn't he? I reckon same thing's happening with Petikov and Ilot. You know, people are mentioning Schwartzman and Schumacher a lot more than, you know, they mentioned Ilot. And now Ilot's the biggest guy in F2. I've been, like, I was like, bam, nobody's mentioning him. Like, six months ago, I was like, nobody's mentioning Ilot. Nobody's mm. mentioning Ilot. And now he's leading the championship in F two by about twenty points. He's he's so. had a couple of really good weekends, but um, I don't know whether um, he's has how long has he been in? Has he been in Formula Two now? For, is it his second or is it even his third year now? I think it, uh, he's been around for as long as Schumacher. He did, I think, do a race in twenty seventeen. He okay. made his official debut in twenty nineteen for Charuz. He finished. 10th in the championship which was which is good for a rookie you know considering it's Chiru's and you know they, I'm not saying Chiru's are bad but you know they are not uh, great and uh, obviously Schumacher started with Prima and he finished 12th mm. and then Joe started with you and I Virtuosi who are probably the best junior team out of, uh, junior team out of all of them at the moment um, and um, he finished 8th in the championship and it's starting to reveal now that the rookies, a lot of the rookies are are doing really well. It's, it's not like 2019 where a lot of the rookies were struggling and, you know, it was mainly the older guys that were doing well. Um, and, you know, it was guys like De Vries and, um, you know, Latifi and Giotto that were doing well. Mm. And they were quite experienced at this point. Three seasons and in. That... Three seasons in, and, is what I said. Yeah. And they were about three seasons into their sort of career. I've got the I've got the standings up now on my phone, and you look at the top um, top six in the championship. Joe was seventh, sorry. You look at the top six in the championship, and they all, ha- all had at least a year of experience because it was Matsushita, who, if you didn't know already, is twenty seven years old. He's been around so, for absolutely ages. Exactly, Aitken, who had a year of experience, said Kamara. Giotto, Latifi, and De Vries. And then later down the field, you had 
Delatraz, who was so who's still quite experienced. Oh, and Ilot finished eleventh in the championship, not tenth. And he beat Schumacher by three points in the championship. <laughs> so there you go. Um there's your there's the stats. And Ilot got I think two podiums that year. Schumacher had one and that was the win. Um in in Hungary and obviously now I lost the championship and you know he's doing really really well uh and he's leading by 18 points um and I want to mention that each year Formula 2 there's always been one driver who's been so bad uh more two drivers actually usually they've been bad more specifically Tatiana Calderon in the Lord Mahavir Raghunathan. Yep, I think we can all remember that. Who would you say is going to win the award this year, uh, then, Liam? Guilherme Samaya. <laughs> yes, Samaya is no, not no, good. No, 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 I've got somebody better. Alessio Deleda. But he's Plus F3. Five. He's F3. He is I mean, the if, next. If you go completely junior categories, Deleda's the next Raghunathan. Yeah, that's Josh true. Josh Revel said that in his last video. Sorry if I'm interrupting you, but Josh Revel said that in his last video. And I think he's right. Mm. Deleda is only—he's not been in karting. He just went straight to single seaters, and he's been doing about as well as, as I've said before, a pig in a slaughterhouse. Yeah. And then Samaya's uh, results have been lackluster at best, like um, F1 2009, and has—he's had a disappointing year, despite winning Brazilian F3 by a long way in 2017. A long way. In fact, I've got it up here. He won the championship by 100 points plus. But to be fair, he didn't have much competition. I recognise only one person in this field. No, two, sorry. One of them's the brother of IndyCar driver Matthias Lice. I think he's in the Indy Lights. I think he's Indy Lights. Um, and yeah, that's all I'm going to really say on that subject. I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about the junior categories. If anything, I'm, I'm more of a fan of them than F1. <laughs> More exciting, isn't it? But um, yeah. finally, sort of before we get on to the quiz and sort of uh, wrap things up for today, uh, the question I'm sure is on everyone's mind. Why do you think Ferrari are so bad? Um, leadership and probably the people at the team because the drivers they've got, that's probably, out of the 10 driver pairings on the grid, it's, it's probably third, maybe fourth best. Because obviously Hamilton Bottas is first. They've got a better driver combo than I think they've got the second, third best in my opinion. Because no, second best actually, because Mercedes have got the best driver pairing. Then it's Ferrari. Then it's probably either McLaren, or Red Bull. Probably Red Bull because Max is um, he, he, Max is just bloody brilliant. Um, <laughs> then you have McLaren Racing Point, and then you have sort of. Renault have got a pretty good team, but I don't. I, I think Ocon's a little bit overrated. Um, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really watch F one when he needs uh, time. When he was driving, but um, I'm I'm just looking now at his first season, 2017, and actually he isn't that overrated in my, in my opinion. Now now that I've looked at his results, he's done really well with um compared to teammate Sergio Perez. Because I've looked at his results, he was only 13 points behind him in his rookie season. And the man has been so consistent. He had one DNF in his rookie season. One DNF! <laughs> which is the best at the entire field. 
keep in mind that in the first three rounds of the season, Lance Stroll retired in all of them and finished 12th in the championship. Yeah, crazy. Um, but anyway, t- thank you um, very much for your uh, really good insights um, today. If that's okay with you, unless you have anything else you want to add, uh, we'll move on to the quiz. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. Awesome. So we got ten questions. Um, I'll be exposed as uh, not a true F1 fan. I've gone for a bit of an easier set uh, this week, so hopefully you should be able to do okay. Um, okay. I, I feel like I've put more pressure on you by saying that the highest score is is nine so far, and the worst is five. So. And who were those by? I haven't, I haven't really watched a lot of the podcast episodes. No offence to you, but I've been very busy lately. So, um, uh, the worst was by the Scottish driver, Logan Hanna. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so if you're right to go into question number one. I'm ready. What was the team that Michael Schumacher won his first championship with? Um, what well, the team is now known as, um, what are they known as now? Yeah, what they, uh, what are they known Renault. as? They were known as, back in 1994 and 5, Benetton. That is correct. There you go. Before that, they known as Tolman, team which Senna made his debut with. Tolman were a pretty good team, weren't they? I think they were. Um, yeah. What is the name of last year's Mercedes car? So, like, say, I uh, know... The if... Mercedes W10 yeah. EQ performance thing is what it was called. There we go. Nice. Another one. Who wrote the current Formula One theme tune? Who wrote it? Brian Tyler. Yep. We're flying here. Guan Yu Zhao is a Renault Driver Academy driver, but what Driver Academy was he part of before? Ferrari. Yep. What team did Alex Albon debut in Formula 2 with in 2018? Damn. No. I think he actually no. was with ART before. Yeah, I have to accept your first answer. Yeah. It was Technically, um, it's ART. ART, it was, yep. Who holds the lap... Re- yeah, but you said 2018. You said 2018. It was 2017. Oh, yeah, I would, my I bad. Would got, I, I, would, I would have got the question right if you said 2017. I think I have to I give you the point then. Um, yep. Who holds the lap record for the old layout at Imola? Oh, this is a difficult one. I think it's Senna, isn't it? Because he's had quite a few points. No, it's not Senna. It's actually Michael Schumacher. Is it? Ninety hmm. four? Would it have been ninety three, ninety four? I I didn't like... didn't um note the name. But <laughs> when was uh, a Grand Prix last held on the Nurburgring GP circuit? What year? What season? 2013, yep. very famous for um, the late great Joe Bianchi's car rolling down the hill. And um, this is a really funny thing where Carlos Sainz went into the car of Sebastian Vettel and he thought, I can't believe that uh, I'm driving in Sebastian's car. <laughs> um, that, that didn't age very well, did it? No. <laughs> what's the name of What's the name of Turn 1 at Silverstone? Uh, all the year, or current one. I think. I think the current one is Appy. Yeah, that is right. That's right. And then the old one was Cops. What is the title of the highest viewed video on your channel? Do not look it up. Uh, it's the live. It's a live stream. Yeah, it's we hit fifty stubs. 
Yeah, and then I changed it later to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I changed it to We Hit 50 Subs. That was it. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I, I changed the name a few days ago cause, um, because I think three hours into the stream, I hit... Um, I hit uh, hit fifty subs, and that was only that was two months ago. Mm. And my channel's grew massively since then. Yeah, you're like hundred Yeah, nice one. And I actually did in live stream. Thank you, JW. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, if we um if we get this one right, then we'll get nine out of ten, which is I forgot it was actually nine, which is, yeah I did say nine was the highest one. That would be the joint highest. So at, at the time of the recording, he'll probably have won this. This at the time of the recording, this will probably go out sort of late August, September sort of time. Um, but so he'll probably have maybe he might have a few more. But uh, just for my birthday then, <laughs> of September. Yes. Oh no, I just said my birthday. Oops. Anyway, how many wins does Max Verstappen have in Formula One at the time of recording? Oh, I think it's nine. I yes, think. that is right. And that, nine and yes. nine out of ten, that is the joint high score. Well done, uh, Liam. Who, who's got the highest? Uh, another, another, actually, another Scottish um, person. He's an e-racer. Um, Glenn, he streams on Twitch. In good company, yep. Awesome. So uh, thank you guys uh, very much for getting this far. Thank you, Liam, for coming on. Um, if you are... On Spotify and Apple, firstly, uh, go and head over to um, YouTube. YouTube. Uh, just subscribe to Liam Talks F One. I think his links will be in this. Sh- his links will be in the show notes, and they'll be in the YouTube description. Uh, if you're on Spotify, please follow. If you're on Apple, leave a five star rating and a subscription to me. If you're on YouTube, please also leave a subscription to me. And also, uh, go check out my website. There's lots of um, blogs from me and British GT4 driver um, Gus Bowers, who won yesterday at the time of the recording, even though it'll be probably a while back. But um, we get some really cool insight from him, so hopefully you guys go and enjoy that. Check out all my social medias. All of that will be in the description. Um, Have a great day. Thank you again, Liam. Hope you and your family are all... Uh, stay safe at, the t- at this time and hope everyone else is staying safe. And for now... My mum actually had symptoms for COVID at one point, but she didn't get it, so that's good. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. Awesome. But for now, everyone, stay well, and that is bye-bye. Keep racing. <laughs>